Hello everybody, Mitch Michaels here, and it is time for a special edition of the Money Mitch Effect, a sports podcast. And why do I say it's a special edition? Because I'm bringing my boy Nick Edmonds back on the show, and we're not going to talk sports news, sports notes. We're going to do a special one hour plus podcast of the Mighty Ducks movie. We're going to break it down. D1. It's something we've always wanted to do. I know there's a lot of Mighty Ducks fans out there, especially people in the mid to late 20s. I grew up with the movie, even in the 30s, and we're going to break all of it down. Gordon Bombay, Charlie Conway, Goldberg, Connie Germain, Mrs. Conway, i got to throw her in there as well, the limo driver, and Riley and the Hawks. We are going to break all that down. D1, hopefully this is part of a series. Hopefully you guys like it. We tried our best to walk through the entire movie. And we corrected some stuff we got wrong as we did along the way. So it's the Mighty Ducks podcast, a special edition of the Money Mitch Effect. Nick Edmonds, and it is right now. All right, welcome to the Money Mitch Effect, and I'm so excited for this episode. I'm usually pretty excited, but today we're going to do... An entire episode on one of the most influential movies of the 20th century, The Mighty Ducks, D1. And I got Nick Edmonds here to break it down. Nick, thanks for joining the program. Dude, thanks for having me back. I've been looking forward to this uh, for quite a while since you told me you had the idea. Um, I'm kind of using all my restraint to stop from quacking right now. I think we just got to get into it. Before we, <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to set some ground rules here. Okay. We've been talking about this idea for a while. Uh, about breaking down this movie and, and doing some movie breakdown sports movies in the future. But to be clear, the movies that we're going to be discussing, hopefully in the future and, and today especially, have an, air, have, a, have an aura of kind of ridiculousness to it. You know, these are movies that are important to our childhood, but they're not perfect movies. They're movies that we can break down and kind of laugh at in retrospect, looking at what they're like now as an adult versus as a kid. This movie, Nick, D1, which, just to be clear, we're only going to stick to the first movie in this illustrious film franchise. It came out in 92, when we were barely anything on this earth. Yeah. And, you know, we're looking at this 25 years later. 25 years since this movie came out. So, it's been a while. It's a Disney movie, although you might not know it by some of the uh, acting and dialogue in this movie. (laughs) But, I know for at least me, it holds a special place in my heart. It does, and... You know, it's funny uh, you bring that up because when you're a kid, you know, you don't really see all the problems with the movie. It just seems so perfect, very, you know, easy wrapped up story. But now you go back and rewatch it and realize how absurd some of the parts are. And, you know, I guess it was a different time in 92 and you got away with more things (laughs) as a Disney movie. And, you know, a couple things slipped through the cracks. But, you know, overall, it still holds the test of time, a quarter century later. It was a different time in 92. That's a good way to start it. And so this is how we're going to break down this movie, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've seen at least once or twice, but you might not have seen it in a long time. We're just going to go through the movie, break down what we see, and comment on it along the way. We're not going to do the uh, synopsis and then just give our thoughts, because that's not as fun. And plus, we want to relive a lot of these moments, too. Right. So it's good that you know this is going to be the topic of the show. We can just dive in and just give our take at first. So let's start. With the story of Gordon Bombay, played by Emilio Estevez, who we all who we all know and love. Gordon Bombay was a Minnesota hockey prodigy, a peewee hockey player for the Hawks. Now, 
these teams don't they're all in Minnesota they don't really have first names of cities they just go by just one the what district they are the and, district, yeah. and he's on the Hawks and it's coached by uh, <laughs> coach coach Riley who we'll get to in a little later in the show but he's a dictator coach yeah he's all about winning and, and that's all that matters and they're a powerhouse they win every year so he gets a penalty shot in the state championship game of uh, their peewee level which you know is a big deal and then I believe the score was tied at the time Riley calls him over, says, if you score here, we win the game in the championship. Do it, or you're letting me and the entire team and family and, you know, possibly, your ancestors down. Possibly the worst <laughs> pep talk of all time, pre penalty yeah, shot. Yeah, like if you blow it, you're, yeah. you're an idiot. You're yeah, a failure. Yeah, it's like if you miss this shot, you're not only letting me down, you're letting the entire team down. So Gordon Bombay, hockey prodigy, comes in with the illustrious triple deke move that, spoiler alert, this is not the last time we'll hear about the triple deke in no, this movie franchise. <laughs> Comes down, fakes the goalie out of his jack strap, and hits the post. Misses. He loses. The announcer. This movie has announcers also as well for a peewee yeah. game. He misses. He's crying on the ice. Riley looks at him with disgust. There's crumbles. no crumbles. Crumbles onto the ice. He totally collapses. <laughs> and the way this movie is shot, it's in pitch black and white, like he's skating in the shadows. The lights in the arena are out. That that couldn't have helped his concentration. Yeah. And uh, they go on to lose the game. Now, I just want to point out, yes, if you're following this, there's going to be some believability suspended. It was a tie game. So they had to lose the game in overtime at some <laughs> point. This was not just him losing the game. Okay. But that's it. He loses. And uh, that's all we hear from uh, young Gordo's childhood. Fast forward now, 20 years later, I think around that time, they don't really give us a, an, an ideal timeline. But it's yeah, about 20, 20 years. Maybe 25 right now. Gordon Bombay is in the courtroom. And he's a lawyer. And this is the part of the movie that I just don't think gets enough credit. What a scumbag lawyer Gordon Bombay is. He's not just any lawyer. He is, I was going to say hotshot, he's definitely a sleazeball lawyer as well. But he is, uh, you know, run and gun lawyer. He controls that room. He is. He's, he's run and gun. He's the Mike D'Antonio yeah, of lawyers. Extremely cocky lawyer. And for the most part, he can back it up. But... Uh, as we'll see a little bit later, it definitely backfires because he's talking a bunch of trash to the prosecutor in his first scene, defending some guy who clearly should not be, you know, set free. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, they, I don't know if they specified that, but he gets him off by basically embarrassing the judge, pulling a fast one on him. Says he's thirty and zero. He's all about winning. Uh, he does have a loss. He just doesn't count them, so that's convenient, yeah. I guess. You know, losses don't count; only wins do. And uh, his boss, Mr. Ducksworth, who, what a character development this guy was in the course of the movie. But at first, he's speaking about fair play. He's like, I want you to win, but don't be a jerk, essentially, which he clearly was. Uh, So Gordon Bombay, who, around this time, too, doesn't want to go to, you know, he gets offered North Stars tickets. He doesn't want to go to the game. Clearly, hockey means nothing to him at this point. He does not like hockey anymore. So Bombay wins a case, doesn't get full-on satisfaction from his boss, a little frustrated, so he, I'm assuming, has a bender. We only see him drink one beer in his car. The dreaded drive with one hand chug while you're, you're speeding past yeah. a cop move. Never works it's in the never real world. never well in the history of drinking one-handed. You know, drink, listen to some classic rock song that I can't really, you know, recall. It was just one of those run-of-the-mill songs. And he was blasting it. You better believe it. And he was blasted, too. He in drives... his car, which might add... <laughs> With the custom Just Win license plate. Clearly, Coach Riley and possibly the losing game has had a lasting impact on this man's life. I mean, psychologically. Persona, yeah. This guy is crippled by Coach Riley. 
He's psychologically damaged, yeah. and uh, he blows past the officer, pulls him over, says it was a little noisy, which, look, I'm not going to give advice to people that are driving drunk, but why would you even open your mouth at that point? And it makes Just that, shooting himself in the foot, just another unforced error. That part makes no sense. Why do you have, why do you gain a lisp? When you're drunk, I don't really <laughs> why do you become Elmer Fudd? <laughs> I think Disney is just trying to figure out a way to make this part as seamless and painless as possible. Yeah, you know, exactly. no, just, you know, says one line, cop knows he's drunk, but no vomit, no yeah. fighting an officer, yeah. you know. But Bombay uh, gets taken in, and he has to deal with that same prosecutor that he was given a hard time earlier, Frankie Boy, who Frankie Boy, who wants nothing to do with him, who wants basically nothing to do with getting him off easy. But Duxworth has his back. Again, Duxworth has his back, Nick, and says, we're just going to give you a leave of absence, a paid leave of absence, to coach some hockey players, uh, youth hockey. Well, they don't really say what it is. He does say community service. So He had a feeling, though, in this Disney movie that he'd be called back to the rink. Minnesota, he knows the game. It's probably the most common community service in Minnesota. I would coach Pee Wee Hockey. Now, I would think so. What Ducksworth is trying to do to him is to teach him about fair play while also giving him a break. He says he was burnt out. He says he was going crazy. So Gordon Bombay has to go. And this is when we meet the limo driver for the first time. The limo driver. (laughs) The guy wills himself into this movie. This should be his first (laughs) and only scene. He drives coach to the ice. See you later. This guy is somehow in the entire movie. His name's Lewis. He doesn't have a last name. His name's Lewis. His name's wow. Lewis. MC Ganey was the actor that played him. And yeah, you think at this point, he's just going to be the driver. He's just going to be a driver. Because look, Bombay's a drunk. He needs right. a driver. But no, he's he. this is not his first and last scene. He's there a lot in this movie. And this is the part of the Mighty Ducks that I want to really stress how reckless and how much of a, of a threat to society Bombay was, at least early on in the movie. <laughs> He sees his kids out on the pond, the team, District 5. And before we break down the team, I want to tell you what Bombay does to set the tone. He drives, tells the limo driver to drive the limo onto the ice. It's a pond. And after the fact, he says, I grew up on the ice. I just knew. I just know. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that I it's safe. I just know. Oh. And uh, this is like your football coach giving you up-downs on the first day of practice times 100. Just the ultimate, I'm the man, I'm in charge. Total alpha move. Alpha move, 100%. Driving onto the ice. The way he says it was like, I just know. And he comes out in his his suit and sports coat, and he greets this team of, well, let's just take a moment to address the attire. It's not going to be the first time. You have kids out there wearing God knows what. There's football helmets, there's football pads, there's beanies, there's just regular baseball hats. District 5 does not have a lot of funding for their equipment. They're a ragtag group, but some of them are extremely cool dressers. I like I remember one kid, I think his name's Pete in the movie, has a full like leather motorcycle jacket. Yeah. The Pete very, didn't make it to the second and third movie. No, no. He was, he was very small. Yeah, he, was he small. didn't he develop. Didn't, he didn't, yeah, he couldn't cut it. But I just remember watching it yet yeah, last night and just being like, I was not dressing like this as no. a kid. These kids have some style. I mean, of course, some of them are, you know, look ridiculous, but some of them are looking pretty sharp. And the willingness to just kind of get into it with your coach at the peewee level on a team that's just been terrible. Yeah. I think they said they've been, they're 0-9 at the time Gordon Bombay takes over. 
which should point out, we don't know who the old coach was, but he had a heart attack. So he probably died coaching this team. These kids put the last coach <laughs> to the ringer. They did. So Gordon Bombay gets on the ice and says, you know what? Why don't you guys just, just practice, just scrimmage? I want nothing to do with you. He, he gets back in the limo. He's like, I'm going to take some calls. I'm going to figure out what's going on, drink a little coffee. That's when the team starts climbing on the limo, gets in the limo. Probably not the safest. We're again, we're on a pond. We're on limo. the pond, and the kids seem to forgot as well. They're too excited about the limo. And this also, Nick, is the first time kids are in the limo. First time we get to see Mrs. Conway. Ooh. Charlie Conway is, is this is the. I mean, it's pretty obvious he's the star of the team. He's getting the most airtime early. He's greeting the coach at first. Okay, so this is the guy that's you know going to be the the focal point of the team and that's really the movie's doing i don't know if he's the star of the team you know his teammates called charlie a spaz you know he's not a standout talent on the team but the the movie certainly focuses like this is going to be so so i don't want to yeah i don't want to spoil it there were some weird parts of his development like going into the franchise like he's bad then gets good like it's weird i don't know where he practiced yeah. or what I that was Bombay like kind of takes him under the wing and oh sees, he does <laughs> there's a reason for that and Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> there's a reason for that but so mrs conway comes and bangs on the limo and says hey my son's in there what are you doing you crazy psycho and i gotta be honest i think some sparks start to fly sparks early definitely <laughs> flying. she was upset for sure but there was magic in the air as well. You know, she two. grabs his jacket. He's like, "Okay, I guess you know, I'm not. I don't know what he's into necessarily, but he yeah. was. He wasn't saying don't. So helpful. So yeah, there was some tension there, you know. And um, he says, "This is my son. This is you know his team. What are you doing? Like, be a coach." He says, "I grew up on the ice, which I mean, I don't know what that has relevance to a full-on limo being on a pond, but hey, no, no one knows what that's going to do. Just just being a little flirty. So anyway." This is what takes us to our first District 5 game. As I continue breaking down the Mighty Ducks movie with Nick Edmonds. And wow, D1. First game. They play the Hawks. They play the Hawks. They play the top team. Of course it's game one. Of course it has to be the Hawks. It's game one. And that's when we get our first interaction with Coach Jack Riley in the lobby with Gordon Bombay, his former prodigy. He's shocked that Bombay is coaching the team, coaching against him. And now this is a guy that hasn't seen him probably since the game that he blew. Right. So it's nice him as, as an adult. As an adult. Yes. Gordon, is that you, Bombay? <laughs> Recognizes him. Yeah. And basically just runs him down for the first time in 20 years. You think, hey, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. It's been a while. What does he say? I can't believe you're coaching. I got a player that banks who we'll get to in a little bit who's not as good as you, but he wants it more. Like, yes, right to his face. Exactly. Just like, you're a scrub. And then he points to the second place banner and says, I wish they'd take that down. Which, by the way, <laughs> the second place banner is bright yellow. And all of the first place banners are just like right. black and like a little bit of yeah. The, the second place banner sticks out like a sore thumb. And of course, he's got to bring it up. Of course, it has to be the Hawks. It just sets up the revenge. It really does. Now, Riley is curious as to why Bombay is coaching this team that he doesn't have a kid on. What's Riley doesn't have a kid either. Like I feel yeah, like this right. is pretty hypocritical that this guy who just gets by on life being a peewee hockey coach. And that's the other thing. Bombay, at this point in the movie at least, is a successful young lawyer. Sure. Um, Riley's a hockey coach. I don't get why you're running down <laughs> or a peewee hockey coach. Full time. I'm I don't assuming. get why you're running this guy down. 
And this is when we get the start of the, of the game. These two up differently class teams going at it. Now, Mitch, i got to ask you because you, you've played hockey. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to ask someone who's played hockey, does anyone really warm up how the Hawks warm up before this game? Doing absurd like <laughs> sidestep, like leg over leg sidesteps back and forth. Very intimidating, don't get me wrong, but... So, Is that a practical warm-up? Let, let's look at it from the perspective of skating. Some things in this movie are just utterly ridiculous. Like everything that District 5 does before the game. Even when they get good. Even when the Ducks get good. <laughs> yes. Now, some of this stuff is done. Yeah, I would say it, it's done it. in practice. But to be completely honest, not in a, not in a warm-up. This is a condi- that is a conditioning type thing. Okay, drill. so people do do that. Yeah. Besides that. But it's not, I just thought it was an You're just going to blow your legs out. No, yeah. I, uh, teams do some weird stuff. But then you got District 5. Charlie Conway is wearing a football helmet. These teams don't have jerseys. They, they're wearing random practice jerseys. I yeah. think Goldberg has a Philadelphia Flyers jersey on in Minnesota. Charlie's got a hoodie, no jersey. My guy, Carp. Uh, Carp. Carp is wearing a plastic novelty football helmet. First, and first of all, shout out to Carp. Uh, if you guys don't know... Another great kids movie, 90s movie, Heavyweights. Oh, Heavyweights. Starring Ben Stiller. Carp uh, plays Gerald Gardner in Heavyweights. And also Goldberg is in Heavyweights as well. Yeah, and I do want to bring this up. I think this is, there's never a good time to bring this up. We've been planning on doing this for a while. Unfortunately, it fell a day after the actor that played Goldberg got busted for, uh, I think, meth possession. Wow. So, yeah, some tough times for an older version of Goldberg, but... Hey, we loved them as a kid, so... Yeah, that's uh, what we gotta remember. Yeah, yeah remember these the are good s- times with Goldberg. Remember them how they were, not how they are, so... Uh, but District 5, as you can imagine, gets killed. And this Hawks team, this is when you see the Hawks, their most ridiculousness. They're chanting out things like, it's not worth winning if you can't win big. Riley remembers and kind of mouths under to himself. <laughs> Riley, yeah, Riley is running the team down for only scoring a couple goals in the yeah. third period. I think Banks sets a Hawks record for, for points yeah. uh, in a game, which I don't know how Riley knows that off the top of his head. I didn't know they keep peewee record books for, for teams. I bet Riley just does. You know, he's calling them pansies. Like, this is just getting, you know, uncomfortably bad. And it's hard to put into words how bad District 5 is at this time. You have players that can't stand up. Goldberg is just running out of his net and letting the team score. He's afraid of the puck at this point. The Ducks have not scored a goal. I think you said they were 0-9 coming into this. How are the parents just still coming to these games? How is like, no one just, just taking well, them how, out? Well, how are you signing your kids up? to? I mean, so this is, you pay to play at every level of hockey. You have yeah, to say, sure. have a sign-up fee. And, I mean, obviously they're not spending money on equipment, which, by the way, this is when I, you know, got to bring the parents under the, uh, the chopping board. Got to be a critical of them. I know you're not going to always have parents that will be able to buy top-flight equipment. But that what they send their kids onto the ice for is kind of ridiculous. Is District 5 just a bunch of homeless people? Well, and how are they in the same league as the Hawks? Like, how are they? It's all in. There's no competitive. There's no social league, too. Uh, but okay. God forbid you live this side of the lake and just have no equipment. Uh, and the, yeah, this side of the lake. So this game ends. Riley just rubs it in, says I enjoyed it thoroughly. Oh, um, with... Pops is collar. Yeah, a fantastic collar pop. Oh, the, the, the all-time collar all-time pop. All-time evil coach uh, collar pop. And one more thing during this game, a uh, one of the maybe most controversial lines of this movie 
and some clarity because I thought yeah. Pompeii uh-huh. was the first no. to say it. Yeah, I know what but you're gonna bring actually up. Actually, the the two players on the Hawks or one player on the Hawks goes up and says, "What's this? The Oreo line." To the three forwards, oh, the two brothers, Terry and Jesse Hall, two African-American kids, and maybe Averman, or maybe it was Guy. It was I don't think it was Guy, because Guy and Connie were like a thing, and they yeah, were on the line together, yeah, so line together. <laughs> yeah, they have to be. Um, but yeah, it was two black kids and a white kid, and the Hawks called the Oriole line. And I always <laughs> used to think that Bombay right, was the one who made that line up, which made him that much more of a dick. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable looking back at this. But I will say, not to defend it, Bombay ends up using it, and then Jesse Hall later in the movie scores a goal and says it in jubilation. Yeah. So I, it's so confusing what's going on here, and who knows where it originated. It's another thing that doesn't make this movie age as well. But end of the game, one bright spot for Gordon Bombay. He sees a figure in the stands as he's walking out. Hans. Hans. So we get introduced to Hans, who... Is I guess Bombay's mentor. You know, Bombay later reveals that you know he, his dad had passed away, which we'll get into a little later. But the same year as the miss miss shot. Same year as the miss shot, and this is when Hans kind of, you know, he, he ends up traveling to Hans's house. Says, "I thought I saw you there." Hans is his mentor, who runs a pro shop and sharpens skates. Also comes off as a little on the creepier side in this movie because we're not really fully. You know, they don't share the details with us what that relationship was like. Is he a family friend? Was he a guy that was just hanging around the rink and said, I'll look after you, boy? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. A father figure. Of you know, I don't know. Gordon needed. But Hans gets Gordon, very easily, I might add, to rediscover his love for the game. Bombay gets back on to the ice after, you know, he hadn't played hockey since Pee Wee's. He basically quit the game after he blew that <laughs> that, yeah. that penalty shot. That was, Riley, that was it for Riley did not, you know, encourage him to come out for the Hawks next year, apparently. So after meeting with Hans, he gets on the ice and he skates. And I got to be honest, Nick, this is when I broke character the most. Bombay skating, immediately less of his skating, which is full-on comedy for me. Are you talking about <laughs> him on the pond right after he speaks with Hans? The pre-sunrise Yeah, skating. I, I got to bring this up because this is an all-time moment for me. The pre-sunrise skate where he's laying... Where he's basically laying in the um, in the snow, looking up at the sun, yeah. skating in sweatpants. Dude, I love that scene. That's, that's chill city for me. Him getting back on the ice, you know, rediscovering his love for the game. Not even not, not even a stick in his hands, just skating, flying. So we went a little out of order here, and I apologize for that because I wanted to get to the Hans storyline beforehand. But there is a moment in this in this game in this coaching thing. Where we get introduced to Fulton Reed, who's just a bruiser. He's just a big dude that has the ducks back. So he shows up at the first game. Always hanging out in alleys. Yeah, like weird. He's already homeless at like 13 or whatever he is. You know, and Bombay, he's a, he's a recruiter. I mean, we get to this a little later, but he will look for talent anywhere. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it does no. not matter. I don't know what school or where, you know. I'm assuming he lives in an alley if Fulton does in District 5. Or else yeah, he wouldn't be legal. District 5, but... Bombay's got that just win mentality. Anybody that can help help the team. Oh, you can shoot, you can't skate. You know, I'll help you. Oh, you can skate, but you can't stop. Well, that's D2, but I'll help you, you know. So the, the Hawks and, and District 5, by the way, are rival districts, which is why I think we see them interacting a lot. They're right next door to each yes. other, the way the Minnesota lines are, are divided up. Uh, Bombay's next tactic before, you know, before the uh, discovering his love of the game with Hans was to get the team to dive all over the ice. <laughs> extremely yeah so 
Gordon is still a very sleazy character carried over from his, you know, very sleazy lawyer tactic, like basically like faking an injury. You know, <laughs> uh, I believe the quote that they repeat in practice, take the fall, act hurt, get indignant. <laughs> over and over. These kids are paying, playing to be taught a sport, and Bombay is just being a huge scumbag. Telling them to dive all over the ice, and they play a game where it's just ridiculous. I mean, there's no other way to say what happens in that game. Yeah. Kids are literally diving left and right. And the ref knows it. He's no chump. He comes over and warns District 5, one more flop, and you're done. And Bombay acts like he doesn't know what he's talking about. That's interesting. One ref in this entire league. Yeah. <laughs> he's refed every single game. I mean, this the guy is an earner. Yeah. He is an earner. He's in shape. I mean, it's just, I know they're not playing at the fastest speed, but usually there's at least two refs in the same game. This is one ref yeah. for every game. Or maybe he's just the Ducks ref, and he knows that they're really bad, so he can just kind of stay in one spot. So at one point, Bombay tells Charlie to grab his eye oh, and act man. like he's hurt and go straight down. Charlie doesn't, you know? Cause... The extreme eye contact from Charlie to Bombay. Charlie's getting roughed up along the boards. I think a butt of a stick <laughs> is under his face mask. Should have like, been a penalty anyway. You don't need to Should have been a penalty. And he is just not breaking eye contact with Bombay, just looking like, I'm not going to cheat. Here's what I'll say. There's no time to make that long of eye contact with anybody in the middle of a game in any sport, no. not just hockey. No, not with a stick in your eye. <laughs> just, just still making eye contact. It's dangerous is what it is. Look, you're taking your eye off the it man. You know. So Bombay flips out at him and says, when I tell you to do something, you do it. And Charlie says, you can't make me cheat. can't make me cheat. Chill sign. Walk out. Very emo, Charlie. We get introduced to Mr. Hall, who basically says, Bob, I'm not going to pay my... I gave up my overtime to watch my kids do this. Yeah. And uh, Bombay backs down immediately. He's not confrontational, as we'll, as we'll see. Unless it's Riley. But he's not really the most confrontational. This is when he meets with Hans and... And right. does discover his love for the game. He had seen Hans before, and he knows where he lives still. So that's that's nice, I guess. But that's when Gordon Bombay turns over a new leaf, and that's what I want to get to now at the uh, part of the discussion. On the Mighty Ducks, Nick Edmonds, Money Mitch Effect, we're breaking this down. Hans shows him some newspaper clippings, brained. So you're getting, this is our first introduction to the idea that you're getting some serious press Playing yeah, Pee Wee hockey story in the local Minnesota news. You are you are a big big time deal if you're playing in this Pee Wee division in Minnesota. So Bombay gets back onto the ice. He decides, hey, you know what? I'm going to give this hockey thing <laughs> thing a try. Um, he he thinks back to when he was practicing on the pond and his dad was encouraging him. So that prompts him to go over to. Charlie's house. Yeah, he's a new man now. He's a new man. Fresh That's the first the thing a new skate. man does yeah. is visit Mrs. Conway. That's right. So he says, I'm sorry. And there's one thing I want to point out that I don't think gets enough just focus in this story. He walks in. He says he wants to apologize. You know, Mrs. Conway plays hard to get a little bit. Like, I'm not going to let yeah, you yeah, in. Right. He says, I want to apologize to Charlie. He walks in. And there's a part in this movie that I encourage everybody to watch. He walks in. He starts to apologize, but what does he do? He looks around, and he stops. He pauses for like five to ten seconds, dramatic effect. He's scouting to see if there's a dad involved in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, it's there's no on. father. Yeah. Okay, all right, now I can just, you know, really, really, you know, bring my A game. Yeah. Uh, he apologizes to Charlie. He, he basically tells him some ridiculous line about how he was wrong and how, you know, he realizes it now. I mean, who knows that this guy's genuine? The, yeah. the, the, playbooks, the playbook's probably not, I mean, based on track record. What's Charlie say? 
do you want to stay for dinner? Bombay ends up staying for dinner. And I want to bring this up too. I don't know that I've seen a, a person in real life or in movies, a kid, basically try to get their mom hooked up more than Charlie Conway. Yes. And this is this is just the first of many, many examples of Charlie wanting a father figure so badly. Like, he hated Coach Bombay 10 seconds ago. A quick little apology. He's like, yep, stay over for dinner. And then it's really the movie's fault. Like, it's the movie doing it. But like you said, Charlie is nonstop pressuring Bombay to get with his mom. It's absurd. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Nonstop. And, and this is, you know, at this point... I don't know. I can't read minds, but I would guess Emilio Bombay says I'm in. That's what he's thinking. Oh, yeah. Like he knows that the kids. Are, like, oh, yeah. It's always the hardest thing. So they're they're patching things up, and this is when he convinces Ducksworth, who's still a good guy in this movie, I might add, to finance the team, to give them jerseys, to buy them equipment. You know, they have the the, the joyous scene when they're listening to Good Vibrations and just running Incredible up a tab. Incredible shopping montage set to Good Vibrations. Just running up a tab in Hans's store. And uh, for the whole team. And Duxworth's funding it, and he's basically setting them up with everything. Now, also, and, and I'm forgetting, I think Pete, the, uh, the kid who was wearing the motorcycle jacket a little earlier, sees the picture in the store of Bombay as a hawk. Yes. Important to note, this movie highlights one true fact, if, any, if above anything else. 12-year-olds do not get sarcasm, and they do not get context whatsoever. no. no. So they think, oh, he's a hawk. He's one of them. This plants the seeds for a later feud in the movie. But, again, we get to a, an interesting recruiting mechanism in the movie. They're about to go to practice. There's figure skaters on the ice before them. beforehand, yeah. And there is a brother and a sister out there figure skating. An older sister and a younger brother. Tammy and Tommy Duncan. Now, we know Tommy was uh, the was the Pete and Pete kid. He was Danny yeah. Tamborelli. Danny Tamborelli. Danny Tamborelli. So, he's the little brother. The girl, I don't remember who that was, but she, they're out there, they're skating, and they're good on the ice, which, to be fair, it's better than 99% of the current District 5 Ducks players. Yeah. They are now the Ducks. Bombay's like, to think they want to play hockey with us? And instantly, they have all their equipment, they're ready to go. Yeah. So, they don't even go home and ask their parents. They're on the ice they're immediately on. after figure skating, members of the Ducks, slips. easy to become a member of their team. And... Great ESP by by Bombay to know that they are District Five and they live in the district. Right. You know, so they're on the team and yeah, the roster grows. I don't know if they had to cut anybody. They don't really say. There might have been some extras, but yeah, maybe some people <laughs> on the, the end of the bench. The end of the bench, they get cut. So now Bombay gets serious, and now we get serious into the ridiculousness of how he turned this team yeah. good. How certain training methods. How he trained these guys. It starts out with the normal skating drill, but then he brings the uh, the eggs onto the ice, and uh, all hell is lost. So <laughs> I'm just gonna clean that up, Gordon. Clean up those eggs. If we did a power ranking of the most ridiculous things in this movie, bringing eggs onto the ice and passing them. No Zamboni driver is. Yeah. I think they cut that scene when the Zamboni driver just beats Bombay in the middle of the ice and yeah, says, "You clean right. this up," and yeah. rubs his face in it. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't go well with the ice cleaning methods. I mean, I don't know entirely how a Zamboni works, but I can't imagine raw egg is, is meant to be cleaned by a Zamboni. No, I mean, they basically just use water to flood the ice and dry up all the cracks. You basically would be, draw we'd be putting the eggs further yeah. into the ice. It would never leave. It would smell horrible, yeah. and it would be there. Soft hands is one thing. 
but you can use real pucks to demonstrate that point. Yeah, you don't need that. It's extreme. <laughs> oh, man. So they do that, and they get the team ready to go, and that's when Goldberg gets over his fear of being afraid of the puck. Oh, yeah. But And the method was a little extreme. I think we could say 25 years later, they physically tie him up to the goalpost. Against his will. Against his will, which if you're a parent at practice, which a lot of parents do come to practice, I don't know if you're – you're thinking to yourself anything when that happens. But, hey, what do you know? I'm not afraid of the puck. It doesn't hurt. I have all these pads on. Yeah, and he exclaims, I am Goldberg the goalie. I got to be honest, though. If it's on a better team and he's exclaiming, I'm not I'm not afraid of this puck, you know, he hasn't been hit in the face yet. And that's not going to feel as right. good. So I was waiting for that. But it never, it never happens. So the Ducks get back to that. They leave Goldberg on the ice, which... You know, poor, poor coaching again by Bombay. He just wants to get off the ice, see what Mrs. Conway's doing, I oh, guess. Yeah, that's, that's all <laughs> Goldberg gets left on the ice. And that's when him and Charlie have a first heart-to-heart about, you know, he drops him off from practice, yep. and he tells him about how he grew up a single parent, which yeah. just seems like BS to just score points with his mom again. And it's working. Because she sees him horsing around and it's like, oh, my son has a fa- my son has a father now. Yeah, she stares longingly down from the window at them wrestling in the snow. This man that she met two weeks ago, and what? Did, uh, and she met him by uh, driving a limo onto the ice with yeah. a kid into it, and now he's a father figure. Now he's alone in the car. Charlie's alone in Gordon's car. They're wrestling. <laughs> a lot of physical contact. Yeah, yeah, just a lot of physical contact. All right. Well, from here in the Mighty Ducks D one movie, we get to. Bombay and the limo driver, he's back. You know, he was kind of been an assistant coach, just hanging out on the bench a little bit. He is, yeah. But at this point, they're driving. And, uh, oh, I should point out, he says he used to drive for Grand Funk Railroad. I I don't know why I found that hilarious. Lots of parties. (laughs) That's the movie that Disney, that's the line that Disney wanted, that it was okay. Yeah. Not driving for, like, Guns N' Roses or anything. (laughs) It doesn't add anything positive to his character. It's like, okay, this guy's partied a lot in his past. Great with kids. He's great with great, kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're driving. Bombay's telling some ridiculous story. Who knows? Who cares? But the window gets shattered by a stray shot by Fulton Reed. Yep. He's back. He's back. So what's Bombay do? He gets out of his car and says, screw the window. Show me that shot again. Show me that shot again, then you could be on our team. He says he can't skate. He, he's shooting like a, uh, like a freak, basically. And Bombay's like, yeah, come on. Let's go. We'll, we'll take you on District 5. Now, the shot was impressive, but I will say the accuracy. You know, he mentioned he's one out of five. He's it's a wild one out of five. We're not talking about like just missing the net. We're talking about like where is this kid following through one out of five? One out of five on net is not great. No, it's not. I mean, because you got to think at this point, Bombay's just taking all comers. They haven't won a game yet. We haven't seen them play since the dive, so they have a lull in the schedule. Right. He says we can't. We can, we can figure out a way to teach her how to skate. And what do they do? For the first time of a couple in the movie franchise, he takes some rollerblading through a residential shopping Another mall. Another great montage. A little mall montage. Everyone's rollerblading, causing chaos. So, rollerblading through a mall, Bombay and his kids. I'm trying to think what would really happen if I went rollerblading through like the Overland Mall or something. What would happen? I, I feel like I'd get in trouble. Yeah, either... Especially if I were to be like Fulton and dump an old woman into the water. That might do yeah, it. Yeah, that, that would do it, yeah. Where do you draw the line? I mean, a security guard would probably have to call the cops. I don't think there's that many. No, and they're not going that fast. So I feel like they could get some of these kids. You might not get all of them. But, hey, that's enough. One rollerblading session through them all, and Fulton Reed's ready to go. He can skate, he can skate now. Which, the only way to learn how to skate... 
breaking news is the skate. Yeah, <laughs> it's the get on the ice. So, um, yeah, that's where we go there. So now we're ready to go and we're ready to give them, give Fulton Reed uh, a chance, which by the way, this is when we get the Ducks jersey reveal. The reveal. The reveal that they're what the Ducks. And Bombay, you know, he, they they call out, the team calls him the uh, Ducks mascot out for being kind of soft, which I get, they're kids and it's a duck. There's a great line that I like a lot where <laughs> one of the kids, maybe Jesse, goes, Ducks don't even have teeth. And Bombay goes, neither do hockey players. And all the kids kind of seem to like that. Charlie smiles. That the you know, yeah. he's like, yeah. yeah, they don't. And then he's wearing his Ducks jersey and it's an easy sell. Look, they don't have jerseys. I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest Bombay defender, but I'm siding with him here. You little kids don't have jerseys. Now you do. Yeah, now you're complaining. <laughs> wear wear this jersey. Yeah. yeah, okay. So at this point in the movie, Mighty Ducks D1, Nick Edmonds on the Money Mitch Effect. They're playing a team called the Cardinals. And i got to be honest, I played for you a team called the Cardinals, and these jerseys are eerily similar to ones really? that I had back in my young days. So that was the one of my first memories of this movie. Like, oh, Cardinals jerseys. Uh, but... This is an all-timer, an all-timer. Cardinals kid looks down the ice and says, what the hell are they doing? The and they are throwing the football right. on the ice. <laughs> and I'm just watching it like, I thought they're past this. I thought they're past, like, absurd, like, warm-ups. Like, they're a good team now, I thought, or at least, like. It's a pregame, pregame warm-up. What do the parents think? I'm basically, you're the quarterback. Make eye contact, yeah. talk out there. All things that could be replicated with a hockey puck in six. Yeah, you can still say the same thing. So the Cardinals are, you know, they think that this guy's crazy, that he's loco, which he is. I mean, it's, it's pretty much verified this time. Bob Bay's got a sweet uh, Ducks Letterman jacket mountain, by the way. The best jacket. I like the style at this point. I want that jacket so badly. Jeans in the jacket, you know, he's telling him the past. And then he puts Fulton out there to shoot more ups. So basically an intimidation factor. Yes. Look what we have on our side. Look at the power. Fulton goes out there and goes crazy. One out of five is pretty accurate. Break some glass. Which would delay or suspend the game immediately yeah. at any level. I don't think they're able to just say, all right, cool, we'll and just you know, play like through it. tactic, like stalling in the courtroom. Yeah, just, you know, shoot that glass up uh, right in front of a fan. So they do that. And from there, they play the game against the Cardinals, which is competitive. You know, a couple practices, a couple eggs, a couple footballs, and this is a solid team all of a sudden. This uh, this could be a little bit of a bit of a Mighty Ducks trivia. So, like, leading up to this game, I still I don't think they've ever scored. This season, at least. And so, Jesse Hall scores the first ever goal for the Mighty Ducks. He does. He was the first one. He scores a goal. They're down by one late. Which, by the way, if we're talking about additions, like Tammy and Fulton Reed, their win shares have to be huge. The the brother-sister figure skating combo and Fulton, they join the team. They immediately get good. We saw your boy Carp get knocked out of of the game. Touch to the face, which would hurt. but Dented, Dented helmet. Yeah, I don't know that the shot itself looked that hard, but you never know. He's concussed. He Give Bombay credit for following protocol. Yeah. You know, doesn't rush him back out there. This is a man ahead of his time. Very progressive for 1992. I don't think they're going to miss Carp a whole lot. No, he doesn't seem that good. Um, and at that point, they're down one. They need, to, they need to do something. They need to get a tie. They need something. So he puts Fulton Reed out there, and we think he's going to shoot, and it's the Statue of Liberty play. Yeah. Now, the There's Cardinals so are so afraid. The goalie is literally hiding. Cowering. Cowering. And they just skate right through and score. Yeah. So, the and Ducks get a tie. Wow. And who's filming the entire game on the bench? The limo driver. The limo driver is filming. Okay, we got to start asking questions. Now he's got a <laughs> he's camera. Now he's here. He's got a camera. He's got a camera. Okay. He's got a camera in the locker room. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, Hans says, and this is one of my favorite parts of the Ducks storyline, 
that they're still alive for the playoffs. This team that's been so bad. They're in the state playoffs, which can we just say, how are there 10 teams only in the state playoffs in Minnesota? You're going to win a state title. There's 10 teams. I can't believe that. (laughs) It's like the city that they don't mention. So we have, and the Panthers got the measles. (laughs) That's how they're alive. Only two teams don't make the playoffs. a lawyer break. How are, in 92, how are an entire team of young kids getting the measles? I thought we had reached that point. Maybe not. They were just, the, team. the vaccination didn't really start at that point. No. I just want to say, before we move on, and I know we're in like 40 minutes of talking about the Mighty Ducks, but before we move on, you look at the teams in this league, Hawks, Cardinals, Flames, Hornets, Jets, Tigers, Cubs, Huskies, Ducks, and Panthers. The writers of this movie just did a who's who of generic professional sports yeah. teams across the four major North American leagues. And so what can we do to just throw them all in there? The most common peewee <laughs> teams you can think of. The Cubs. I love it. Just throw them in there, too. So now Bombay is like, we're alive. We could have to play the Hawks, though. Like, he's, he's self-doubting. And that's when Hans drops the biggest bombshell in the movie. The lake isn't the boundary anymore. The district loophole to get Banksy. So what does Bombay do? He storms onto the ice before a Hawks game and says, Adam Banks belongs to us. Now... I do not like Riley at all. I do not like this Hawks team, but I have to say I'm a little torn about pulling a kid off of a team mid-season. Mid-season. This is a this is a, a shrewd lawyer-esque move by Bombay. It's a cold move, <laughs> very shrewd, but he's in the right. Banks shouldn't have even been on the team from the start. Yeah. It is it is bad to pull him. Oh, Mr. Banks, the dad, is such a jerk. He kind of is. I mean. My son's a hawk. My son is a hawk. I, I paid for him to be a hawk. Yeah. Although, we'll get to what the final reveal is. They're going to fight this thing, and Banks is devastated. He's like the star of the Hawks, and now he has to play on this Ducks team. He has to leave all his friends. This is when O'Reilly and, and Bombay have the showdown of all showdowns. Yeah. What are you trying to pull? And he's like, you taught me when it all costs, right? His team hears him out of context, say, yeah, you're not going to win. Riley says, are you going to try to win with those losers? Yeah. <laughs> These you're are right. 12-year-old kids. Like, you're right. They are losers. They don't even deserve to live. Oh, the acting is just yeah. phenomenal in this scene. They're, How they didn't they, get an Oscar nomination for this scene alone. Emilio Estevez's sarcasm. It's just the slightest tone change. Riley goes, you could have been one of the greats. You're not even, look at you now. You're not even a has-been. You never was. Such a... Again, he's a lawyer. What a line. He's a... Uh, he says that early in the movie that he thought Banks could go all the way. At, at 12 years old, he just, Riley has unbelievable yeah. ability to just predict who's going to make the NHL. Uh, like he thought Bombay could. But that's when they have their showdown. And at that point, he goes in the locker room before their game. And this team that gets no sarcasm or context whatsoever, led by Pete, say he was a hawk. He thinks we're losers. He's not with us. And they refuse to play. I don't get why the kids, like, obviously, if they think they call them losers and all that, I get it, but, like, just throughout the movie, the kids care so much about hating the Hawks when it literally just means they live somewhere else. Like, I get, like, I guess they're, like, you know, it's still Riley, it's Riley fact. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, but they're, like, obsessed with, like, hating the Hawks, and they're probably, you know, maybe some good kids in there. I would think that, too. I mean, I would think that that's probably what it is, but. From there, you know, they forfeit, which probably doesn't rule them out of the playoffs. No. Team with a tie and a forfeit, they're still up. So we go to Mickey's, the coffee joint, where, you know, it's it's Bombay and Charlie, some some father-son time-ish things going on. A lot of 
Love Alone Time. And this is an all-time favorite for me. Bombay break, breaks it down, says his dad passed away, says Riley, just, you know, he lost the game. You know, it ruined him. He hasn't played hockey since. Quarter of an inch, and, it, and he's a hero. And then Charlie says, quarter of an inch the other way, you missed that completely. And Bombay is like, wow, I've never thought of that. Never thought Never that. in 20 never years just... did he think that if he missed a little wider, he'd look like even more of a jerk, but still a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Conway's just dropping knowledge. Bombay says he's going to think about stepping away because the team um, – you know, isn't responding to him, which is a good good move at this point. If that's you know, if he's thinking about the good instinct of the team, he's almost breaking up with Charlie in this scene yeah. in a public diner, and Charlie ever trying to set his mom up, being like, "Aren't you going to come over for dinner again?" Charlie <laughs> just tried so hard. Charlie storms out. His mom's there. So where's Charlie going? That's my question. It's pretty dangerous there because his mom works at the coffee joint. So that's that, and. At that point, we think this could be the end of the Bombay-Conway situation. This could be the end of the Bombay-Duck um, situation. The team in school, now this is the, the only school shot that we see. Yeah. They're feuding with each other. Conway's a Bombay defender. They're giving him a hard time. And they bring up the mom stuff, which I'm surprised. Honestly, I'm surprised it hasn't happened earlier. Car I mean, of all people yeah. brings up Charlie's mom. You know, Conway's got some size. He's definitely got mobility on Carp. I think he'd, he'd handle that one. I think so. Carp's like a... And then we get the first uh, incident of Connie, who stands up and says, knock it off, guys. Try to play peacemaker. Someone gets in her face, and little Guy Germain, who's probably about a half a foot shorter than Connie. Yeah, Connie had the early growth spurt. Defends her. Says, let's uh, stay away, you know, stay away from my girl. Guy and his little, like, beanie (laughs) with the blonde hair coming out of it. I just want to throw this in because I had quite the revelation last night. I don't know if you've seen the movie or there's a series now on Netflix as well. Connie, I've seen this movie a million times. I didn't find out till last night. Connie plays Katie in Wet Hot American Summer. Yes. One of my favorite comedies. Connie and grew up to I, be pretty good looking. She really did. <laughs> and like, when I watched her last night, I was like, man, she really looks familiar. And I don't know what it was. It might have been this scene, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Just makes me want to go back and watch Wet Hot American Summer. They have another series now, which is like 10 years later. But mm. Well, they're all in detention. They all get sent to detention, assumingly. They start quacking in class. They quack at the principal. They quack at the principal. What a power move by these kids who clearly still have some affection for Bombay yeah. if they're going to start quacking. Influenced. This is when when Bombay gets called in the lawyer's office and Duxford calls him in. He thinks he's being brought back to work. Yeah. He sees Riley and banks his dad there. Banks his dad, obviously good friends with yeah. Duxworth because he's a big shot, you know, wealthy-ish. Riley, who we don't know if he has a day job. I, I surprised like he can, I'm surprised he can afford a shirt and tie to be yeah, completely honest. I like honest. to assume he's just full-time coach. And it's, it's Banks, who's the, you know, yeah. rubbing shoulders with Ducksworth. They come to an agreement, which honestly I thought was kind of fair. Let him finish out the season, and then he's a duck from there on after. That doesn't sound outrageous. Right, right. But Bombay is like, no, you taught me fair play. Also a fair point. This is how it should be. To be honest, I think if it's any other team, he lets that agreement go, but he just hates Riley. Yeah. Then Duxworth says, I'll fire you if you do if you keep this going. And Bombay basically says, do it. And he literally loses his job for this Pee-wee team that he's been with for about a month and hated originally. Very big turns for both characters, Bombay and Duxworth. And quite a heel turn there Very for Duxworth. Switch. Yeah, yeah, really. The double turn almost. Double now turn. Bombay is this, the eternal good guy. Yeah. <laughs> and his team hates him at this point, so we're not even sure that they want him back. Yeah, and they don't even know that he's doing this. You know, This is just Bombay going on his own. 
Still the Ducks, though. So Ducksworth. He says, you have that jersey you didn't earn it. He quacks in there. And that's one of my favorite exchanges. He starts quacking, yeah, and he quack, says, quack, Gordon, quack, stop it. Ducksworth. Stop it right now. So, yeah. And then he says, you didn't earn that jersey. He goes to the school. He says, hey, where are my kids? He gives a name. They said, they're all in the principal. They're all in detention. <laughs> Writing, we will not quack at the principal on the chalkboard. Bart Simpson style. And he wins them over by explaining to them how dumb they are by not getting <laughs> getting sarcasm. And <laughs> says, yeah. Banks is, is supposed to be a duck. You guys were cheated. If he wants to play, he can play. And that was it. That's all it took to get in the good graces of his team. I mean, 12-year-olds, I think it's a lot easier. Yeah. Unless you're Jesse. Unless Jesse you're Jesse. does not like Banks. So that's going to move us along to the arrival of Banks and the Money Mitch Effect breaking down Mighty Ducks D1. Banks shows up. Hey, he's feeling pretty good about uh, this team. Uh, or not feeling too good, I should say, about being on this team. But he's a hockey player. He wants to play. He still wants to play. He comes in dressing like the most stereotypical hawk with the suave, moosed-up haircut and the turtleneck. Why do evil people always wear turtlenecks? Can you think of a single good character in the history of the film who No, I can't. It's an evil piece of clothing. It kind of is. Now, this is when he Charlie tries to make peace, but Jesse cuts him off and says, you're not really one of us. Cake eater. Now, a cake eater, I want to explain this because it took me some time to understand. And I, I learned this in greater detail from a college uh, friend of mine who is from Minnesota, who is actually from Edina. And the idea is they are richer, they eat a lot of cake, and it's a cake right. eater. I think it goes back all the way to, like, French Revolution times, you know, like, um, when the, like, poor French people were, like, trying to tell the queen, Marie Antoinette, we're starving, and she had that famous line, let them eat cake. So just out of touch, being like, she's so rich, she eats cake yeah. all the time. You're like, I think that's where it goes. Yeah, the, the upper class just eats cake all the time. So the Ducks have a game to basically get into the playoffs from there. Limo driver still on the bench. I wrote this down. And the limo driver. <laughs> so I was on shocked. The... He's still around. And it comes down to Fulton Reed. One out of five. Bombay rolling the dice. He's a gambler. He's like a Ron Rivera type. He is like, we're gonna put this guy out. He's got a twenty percent shot rate. But he scores. He wins the game. They pull the goalie with the tied game because they need the win. Yeah, tied does nothing. Fulton literally shoots through the net. The puck goes all the way through the net. Wow, a peewee player effect, yeah. shooting through the net. You know, something that you know Shea Weber did like in the Olympics like, you know, 15 years later. But, <laughs> hey, Fulton Reed did it first. From there, they're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. And before the playoffs start, they go down to a Minnesota North Stars game, which I did the, I did the research. The last year they were in Minnesota was 92-93. This movie came out in 92. So they go down to a North Stars game. Bombay gets on the ice before while the North Stars practicing. I don't. The connection game is really strong with Gordon Bombay. He gets them on the ice on the big sheet of ice in yeah. Minnesota, and he meets Basil McRae and Mike Madano. The all-star hockey celebrity cameo in this movie is Mike Madano. Yes. And Basil McRae remembers him from Pee Wee. He says from he tore it up. From Pee Wee. This guy... Not only does Basil recognize Bombay from Pee Wee and, like, vouch for him to Madano, he <laughs> offers him a tryout. He, like, says, hey, if you ever want to try out for minors or something. <laughs> he hasn't played since. He hasn't, he, he hasn't seen this guy since, has no idea, but he throws this guy the tryout offer. Just instantly. Not even, like, Bombay wasn't even fishing. It's like, hey, if yeah. you ever want to try out, I'll hook you up with the minors, which great power play by a player. Power play by Basil. Yeah. And he has that move as well. Uh, incredible, incredible. But, okay, so Bombay has a hockey offer now on the table. He's out of a job, but, hey, he's got this hockey thing looking at him. 
they have an open skate. They, they, you know, they have some fun out there. Limo drivers on the ice getting pushed around in yeah. chair. Guy and Connie are holding hands. They're getting real serious. I don't even know if the parents know that's a limo driver. <laughs> no one knows this guy. Yeah, no one knows this guy. They go to a North Stars game, which we get to see awkward Gordon Bombay dancing on the jumbotron. Yes, all time. Very awkward, and an extremely evil hawk scene as well. I don't know if you remember. Banks yeah, is, oh yeah, Banks is with the Ducks. Oh, yeah. One of the evil hawk kids pantomimes shooting Banks. This is like so over the top for a kids movie, and just so over the top trying to show that these kids are evil. I feel like that could get you in trouble at an arena, right? (laughs) All these people, if you finger gunned it like that? Like, they really want to nail home that the Hawks are not good kids. They are not. They are not, indeed. Well, this gets us to the start of the uh, the illustrious state tournament, which has eight teams in it. (laughs) And how did the Ducks, as the last team in, not play the Hawks in the first round? That's my first question. But, hey, they don't. You know, they got to do random seating. Random seating, you know. Or maybe they snuck up to that seventh seed. I don't know. But they go from there, and this is when we get introduced to who's the radio voice of the Minnesota Peewee State playoffs. None other than former Kings play-by-play guy just retired, Bob Miller. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Great One of the greatest hockey announcers ever, but this is how I'll remember him. No yeah. offense, Kings fans. <laughs> this, is, this is how I will remember him. Um, we get to that point now where, and, and before we get to the actual playoff start, Emilio Estevez, born Bombay, over at, over at Charlie's house. Charlie's taking dinner out of the oven. They're oh going to cook God. some Charlie. stuff. Bombay says, I think we can go to the Minnesota you know, Winter Festival tonight. You know, have some fun. Charlie goes, I have too much homework, but you and my mom should go. His mom walks in, and then he says, go ahead and, and do it. Go ahead, ask her. Early in the movie, he says she's got a lot of qualities that men find attractive. Yes. This is unbelievable pimping it's out so by a child. It's, it's shocking. I, I wrote down the quote because it was so. You should go with my mom by yourselves. Just the implications. Are, are I'm just glad. He, yeah, it's the implication. I just. I'm glad he didn't reach into his wallet and hand him anything either. Like awesome. <laughs> pretty much one step away from that. But so they go. You know, they're having a good time. Charlie's mom's rocking a. And I'm calling her Charlie's mom because I really don't know what her first name yeah, was. Mrs. Conway. Mrs. Conway. Charlie's mom. She's got a nice little red hat on. They're they're looking at some stuff. And this is when it got me. She has a good time. Bombay leans in, peck on the cheek instantly. So he's just going for it. He's yeah. full on aggressive. This is an all out blitz by Gordon Bombay. <laughs> she kind of walks away, doesn't say no. You know, they're still having a good time. Points up to the house and says, I've always dreamed about living here. And I gave Charlie this room. And what does Bombay do? Where's my room? I want to live Where's there too. Where's my room? <laughs> like, what a savage. Yeah, really. It's like, put me, you know, bring I'm, me into I'm this moving in. Yeah. <laughs> After one little cheek smooch. <laughs> I'm moving in. She's obviously disgusted. I thought, you know, looking back at this in the 2017 adaption of this, this is when the pepper spray yeah, or mace might come out. It, yeah. uh, but no. He says, what did I say? Like, he's indignant to the whole thing. <laughs> and she says, um, you know, there's a little kid that's always going to be there. Uh, I can take it. But, you know, he he's going to be devastated if you leave. So basically, don't leave. <laughs> so which, will, which will make the ending of the movie hilarious yeah. when you think about that. <laughs> Um, but he says, pretty much I'm not going anywhere, and they have the passionate kiss scene, and just mm-hmm. like that, Bombay works his magic, and he's, and he's in. So And they're like swimwear. And they're like swimwear. Well, all right, Money Mitch Effect, Nick Edmonds, now it's time for that state tournament, and Bombay, after getting uh, you know some of TLC before, he's got to focus on coaching. Right. I, I wrote this down. I was taking a couple notes on my phone while watching last night. I wrote this to myself. 
Gordon didn't even know the limo driver before the start of the movie. He's still here. He's still here. He's still around. Made him a coach, you know. Basically, yeah. He must have played somewhere or just, you know. <laughs> maybe, had, maybe. had to have some hockey yeah. experience. And then Forrester up in Winneka. So, <laughs> yeah, just kept going north. And so from that point, the Ducks go on a hot streak. They win game after game. They're a different team. It's single elimination. Another montage. You know, another Thank montage. You. A lot of goals being scored. Everyone's getting in on the action. Banks yeah. is a superstar out there. Yeah. You know, putting At first, they didn't want to pass him, right? He was just right in front of the crease, just back yeah. to the puck. You know, but he's, he's, he masters the one hand on the stick turn move as good yeah. as anyone that age. I mean, now I, I will say, and this is why I'm bringing up Fulton Reed as well. Nowadays at Pee Wee Hockey, there's no hitting and there's no slap shots. So Fulton Reed would be rendered pretty useless no at the Pee Wee level. Yes. They took that up. You have to be a little older now to do that. So Interesting. Fulton Reed would not be as good. Just want to point that out. But the Ducks are on a fire and they are set up for a showdown with the Hawks in the final in one of the best, probably the best sports movie newspaper cutouts I'm so I've ever seen. I, yes. The Bombay Riley. <laughs> the silhouette, like half-shaded face-off, once again showing how seriously the local newspapers take this time. <laughs> it's incredible. I like to believe that they took this photo together. And they did. That they just shaded it. I, it's incredible the showdown that they already know that they're rivals. I They've already want, picked up on it. Bombay's back. I would love to get replica news clip, news clip from this movie. Can I say another thing too? So Bombay's on the ice before he's back skating. He's thinking about yeah. those moments with Riley. This is obviously big. A loss here would probably ruin him. I mean, you can't, you know, have I mean, another loss. All of these guy. memories of the loss flowing back, coming back. Like he's caring about hockey again. He can't, he can't lose this game. He can't lose this game. Say another thing. We talk about the newspaper shot. The intro before the game. One of the most dramatic scenes for a kid's oh movie. Oh, my God, dude. The Very slow dramatic. play, the slow play music with the national anthem in the background, the stare downs on the lines, the yes. stare downs with the coaches. It is, on. it is on like Donkey Kong, and these two teams hate each other. Riley makes sure to pop his collar before the game to intimidate. It's <laughs> like his go-to move. They're staring at each other. Hall says, remember what side you're on to Banks, which I'm a little disappointed in Jesse at this point. I, like, again, like I thought we're past it. The numbers he's, he's put up in the playoffs. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like, no teamwork, no trust. Like, through all those wins. So they do the quack chant on the Ducks bench. The Hawks just chant win. Win. <laughs> Straight to the point. The crowd's chanting. Crowd's chanting this win, is like yeah. some cult thing we got yeah. going on here. The parents love it. They're just yelling win, win, win the whole time. And the Ducks are slow starters. That's what we learned here. Yeah. They're down 3 nothing early. It's just goal after goal. Goldberg does not attack his net early. They're playing an elite team. They're playing an elite team. And we've got a bit of bounty gate going we on. We do. Because if you watch the first faceoff, Banks is just obliterated by two guys. Refs are letting him play. I mean, yeah. it's pretty it's obvious. It's a championship. It's Minnesota. So it's three nothing early after the first period. Ducks are, are you know, searching for answers. Answers, and I'm a little. I'm not surprised by the tactic. I'm surprised by the timing. It's a three nothing game. The Hawks are in control, and Riley says to his goons, "I want you guys to drop Banks like a bad habit. I want him out of the game." So a bounty gate is on. The coach is giving the, the kill list. Uh, a nice tribute to. Uh, the uh, Cobra Kai Dojo leader in yeah. Karate Kid. I thought this was symmetry. You know, that movie was about eight years before this, and I want you to drop him. Banks plays a little hero puck, skates all the way down the ice, scores, yeah. but gets obliterated in the post. 
from that point, you know, the stretcher's out, which Bombay did you know, he was kind of waiting on the bench a little too long. I'm like, your guy's laying down there. The stretcher actually beats him. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's Paul Flair. Riley actually fist pumps with yeah. his player He's not in front of everybody. <laughs> everybody. There's no rules here. And another great quote, because one player on the Hawks is concerned. Adam, are you okay? And the other, he says, what did you yeah. do? And he says, my job. And you know who that is. That's the same guy who panamined the pistol at the Stars game. I don't like his kid's future. I'm going to no. say, I don't. I think there were some issues here. Yeah. Some juvenile delinquency problems. Like, just like the pistol, it's like another It's another kind of <laughs> scene that you would think belongs in like an action movie. Like a more adult movie. Like that line. Like, my job. Well, from here, we get another Riley Bombay, just enormously great scene. Banks and, and Hall make up, you know. He's like, win for me. And Hall's like, sure. What does Bombay do? He makes a beeline for the Hawks bench, stands right in front of him, and basically says, screw you. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't say that because it's a Disney movie, but you're going down, it's Riley. More, it's less the words are more like coming onto the ice, staring you down. In like front you're of the a team. joke. Yeah, right. In front of the team. That's the thing. Now, Reed wants to go. Fulton wants to just go over there and kill him all right yes. away. This is the beginning of the first Bash Brother. Fulton's really hasn't shown much chippiness before this final game. He's finally getting a little angry. He's like, give me a chance. I'll take them all out. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't happen. And what does happen, though, is Bombay, great coaching tactics, says, look, we get a power play here. We can get them back where it hurts. We're only down two goals. We get a goal here. We can make something happen. And they do. They strike on that power play. To make it three to two, and suddenly we got a new hockey game. Yeah. So from there though, turn. from there though, the Hawks score to make it four to two going into the third and final period, and it's not looking good uh, for for these Ducks. But if there's anything you need to know about Gordon Bombay, they don't call him Minnesota Miracle Man for nothing. <laughs> this game was far from over. I'm not really sure. We don't get a good look at the clock a lot. You know, gameplay is just going yeah, back and forth. Keep suspense on that. They get a goal to make it four to three. I don't know if that was the was that the uh, the figure skating goal. I think it was. Okay, yeah. so that we, we got to address this goal. I've seen more ridiculousness in this movie in goals. It was because Reed tied it up. Okay, so four to three. The Ducks live and die on gimmick goals. Gimmick goals. Bombay all, is all like this. Is what we're gonna do? He's yeah. got the clipboard out. We're gonna see some X's and O's, yeah. Bombay. And uh, he gets. He tells Tammy, who we haven't heard much of. She had a quiet state playoff run. Mm-hmm. Just start spinning with your stick. Yeah. Now she's spinning. The Hawks don't know what to do. She's basically just slashing everywhere left right. If you're within yeah, there, it's her just, stick is out. It's out. It's the not legal. A tornado. <laughs> they pass the puck right to her, and she scores. A quick spin. Everyone is dazed by the spinning. Dazed and confused. Everyone, yeah. Tammy gets a goal. Immediately after scoring, gets lit up by a Hawks player. And this is when Fulton Reed just can't take it anymore. Or actually, you know what? No, because uh, he gets kicked out of the game. So this was the game-tying goal. Because Reed scored before on a goal that shot. The goalie all the way through the okay, net. Okay, yeah. So Reed was the third goal. And then Tammy, Tammy ties it up. Time, yeah. And from there, Reed gets kicked out because he's, you know, doesn't want to see Tammy. I don't know if there were sparks there at all. There might have been. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it could be. But he takes out one Hawks player, the entire bench, gets kicked out of the, the game. Just start shoving. Probably a deserved game misconduct. For Pee Week, yeah. So Bombay says he barely touched him, still trying to work the refs at that point. Yeah. We have a tie game now. Limo driver's still here, hasn't uttered a word since we've met him. Silent coach, motivator. Okay, so four to four. Mighty Ducks podcast, Mitch Michaels, Nick Edmonds. The final minute of the game. We're in next goal wins territory. Hawks are going back and forth. Goldberg makes a few big saves. He's really coming to his own. And Charlie Conway gets a breakaway. He skates up and down the ice. He gets hogged down to the ice as time expires, which 
had to be instantaneous, right? I mean, no time on the clock. Yeah. Doesn't really happen much. At that point, if you're a, defend, if you're a defender, if you're a defenseman, you probably just want to let him shoot. If there's not that much time left, they say penalty shot. Now, now, not a lot of confidence in Charlie by his team. But to get that penalty shot, they did the flying B. You're right. We're going to have to – I'm gonna, okay. We went out of order. <laughs> I mean, that is the penalty shot. Fulton was – no, Fulton was the second goal. Tammy was the third. Flying V goal was the fourth goal to tie the game. Oh. That's how it went down. And penalty shot was the winner. Winning goal. So, flying V goal. Oh, man. Big question. We'll readdress offsides that. Offsides or not? Most likely offsides at all times. And if not offsides, one of the easiest gimmicks to stop in the history of sports. <laughs> If just skate right at the center, you'll either take goal. the puck or some guy will get hurt really bad. But I was show me the flying V, an I was incredible movie. I was rewatching it last night, and I was definitely keeping my eye. Okay, is this going to be offsides? Because I've always wondered, and I think they pull it off onside somehow. Just incredible that they everyone just backed off, like, like no one's there. <laughs> perfectly timed to like pass to the front right before they cross the line, and yeah, no defense, no defenseman anywhere. So those were the three goals, huh? Wow. And then Charlie gets a breakaway with no time left on the clock, and they say anyone in the ice. Hero ref still there. He's done a great job. The same ref is still That's there. Treatment. Anyone on the ice can incredible take it. Sure he has to. I mean, at that point, the endurance is just incredible. They say, no, we're going to give it. You know, Anyone on the ice can take it, and no one wants Charlie to take it. Not a lot of confidence. Charlie doesn't want to take it. You know, he doesn't either. But there's no banks, so I think if Bombay had banks there, or maybe Fulton to just take a slap shot and see what happens. Yeah. But no, Charlie gets to take it. And Bank, they're not Banks. Bombay sees himself in Charlie. He has throughout the movie, you know, the, the single father, all that, spending a lot of time. And so, this is Bombay's chance to make things right, to kind of relive this scene and get some closure yeah. for himself in the process by saying what should have been said to him by Riley, and it's being like, no matter what, we're here, we're having fun, we're at the championship. You know, make the shot or don't. I'm still going to be your father. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still moving in to your house. Whatever happens, it's not going to affect me and your mom. So uh, that's pretty much what he said. Charlie, same move, same triple deke. This time he scores. He scores and he wins the game. And the Ducks are champions. No helmet in the penalty shot. I'm so glad you brought that up because NHL players aren't allowed to do that. You're not even allowed to take warm-ups without penalty shots without a helmet on. (laughs) And here he has no helmet, just no buck. He's skating circles around, just getting in the goalie's head. And he scores the goal to win it. So and now Riley has a second reason to despise Gordon Mott. You know, and there was no handshake after. There was no, like, you're the better man. or Yeah, no redemption. Just, like, or the no. players either. And, like, the players like, yeah, sorry, like, you're good. Yeah. We saw that with Iceland in D2, but we didn't see that in this one. Nope. So, Riley. <coughs> Riley. So the Ducks win. They're jubilant. They've won the championship. Limo driver's going crazy. Him and Gordon even do like little Bash Brothers celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gordon Bombay's celebration game was just incredible. He threw out some uh, some fist pumps, some shoulder shimmies in there. Yeah. He wins. He just makes out with Charlie's mom right on the ice. Just like, it's it's happened now. Surprise. We even saw Connie and Guy Germain kiss, which I thought was a little provocative. A for, little bit for a kid's for movie. Teammates. Yeah. I mean, yeah, new teammates too. That, that can't end well. So, that all goes down and the Ducks are champions. The Mighty Ducks are champions. And the movie ends with Gordon Bombay taking Basil McCray up on that minor league yeah. tryout. See you, losers. <laughs> Hasn't yeah. played hockey in about 20 years. He's going to pick one, the game up. one morning skate. 
two. I think he had two skates. He's like, I'm ready to go now. See you, losers. Hey, Mrs. Conway, I know I said I'd never leave, but I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. right, right, yeah. So that's the movie. And before we do our final thoughts, Nick, I, I want to get your final thoughts on Gordon Bombay. Good guy that's changed or catastrophic drunk that just is who he is? Gordon, Gordon Bombay. <laughs> or somewhere in the middle. Gordon Bombay definitely developed throughout the movie. He started, you know, he ended the movie better than he started it, but it wasn't that much of a change. He was a jerk a good <laughs> amount of the movie. Jerk lawyer, very sleazy tactics in the courtroom. Did not care about the kids no, for no. a good portion of the movie. There's time they grow on him, and he wants them to. He wants them to be better. Now, does he want them to be better because he wants them to learn the game of hockey, or does he want them to be better because he wants to win? You know, that's that's always going to be in question. But you know, he he teaches the kids, and he bonds with Charlie. <laughs> This, the final scene is just really confusing. We have a title to defend. Like, well, if you make the minor leagues, you're clearly not going to be here. Right. right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, basically D2, he comes out, he didn't make the minor leagues. Right? Yeah. Like, no, well, he did, but he got injured. Oh, uh, Taken out. That's right. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty incredible how that happened. Well, you know, Hans was there celebrating. Mrs. Conway, the parents that stuck it out. The Ducks go from worst to first. And that's the movie, and it's a movie that was important to our childhood. And my final verdict, Nick, on this movie, entertainable, you know, entertaining, enjoyable, ridiculous. It is, but I mean, it's, it's, it was a kid's movie, it was an early 90s movie, you know, it, it had what's wrong, it had a ton of montages, mm-hmm. it had some great high-speed, not high-speed, like sped-up chase scenes. Very a la like Beethoven and Little Rascals, a lot of a lot of great '90s kids movie tropes. Um, um, I mean, I love it. I think D two is probably a little bit better, more complete movie. But this one set the stage for D two. It did, and and it's funny because they weren't planning on making any more movies. Uh, the movie what didn't review that well, but made a lot of money. Kids liked it. It spawned the franchise. Uh, you think even Emilio Estevez was surprised by it? And look, it's. It doesn't hold up as well the older you get, but it's something that I think a lot of kids should see. It's no, a good it's chill still, movie. Yeah. And there's some references that are outdated. And uh, You can always put it on with friends and like everyone, you know, growing up saw it. Everyone knows it. Yeah. And I think we'd be doing the movie a disjustice. We haven't brought up a single, uh, single time Mr. Averman. I know. Mr. Hum, golly, golly, hey, golly, golly, hey, golly, golly, hum, golly, golly, save, golly, golly. We, we did almost forget to bring up Averman in the movie. Um, not the best player. The uh, Carpster. Funny. He, he's trying a lot of gimmicks. He's the teammate that just tries so hard to be funny. Yeah, sometimes he is. Comic relief, yeah. You know, sometimes he is. And he takes the, uh, yeah, with the Rob Schneider coffee maker scat, yes, yeah. sketch. And, you know, he, he, this isn't like. Peak Averman was in the second movie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we start to see him. There's a lot of characters and a lot of guys that we should give credit to don't make the next movie. One of the Halls doesn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. He just gave it's up the Terry. game. Terry doesn't make the cut. You know, Carp and Pete aren't there. Uh, Tammy doesn't make it. Neither was her brother either, I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah, so they don't make it. you got to make room for these new, you know, yeah. new faces. Yeah, with the older one with the new. Um, so, yeah, it was... And Hans doesn't make it, but he's back in the third one. <laughs> Wait, oh... There's, there's a new the guy. There's a new guy in the second one. Yeah, like his brother. His brother. Weird? Yeah. Of course. Well, um, and Mrs. Conway and Bombay don't really work out long term. There's still true? something kind of there, but it's just weird. It's it's weird. We'll we'll break that down on future episodes. Sure. But it's as murky as you'd expect from uh, Bombay, who 
no longer practicing law that we know of. Ducksworth, I mean, Ducksworth, his team won, but yeah. you know, he's out a, a young lawyer that, with a 30-0, and 31 oh, record. Yeah. So that was it. Thanks for coming on the show, Nick, to break this down. I think we'll have a couple more episodes yeah, in the future definitely. for a few more movies, and but this was fun. I'm filled with nostalgia. I know. It makes you want to makes you want to watch the movie again and reminder to appreciate those children's movies Gordon Bombay the Minnesota Miracle Man just getting it done they should make a 30 for 30 on him for sure I'm waiting for it we'll see if they reboot this I think they should at some point I mean I know that reboots don't always get the job done but there's a way to do this in a way that would make it a little more modern I mean it's only a matter of time everything's getting rebooted Mm -hmm. I, I would not be surprised yeah, who would play Emilio though? That's the question. You Great could say question. Keanu Reeves, and I wouldn't disagree. But the thing is, Keanu Reeves can't because he already did Hardball, Hard yeah, which is like a more mature Mighty Ducks. You need somebody that's like funny, serious. Like when he's serious, it's funny. When you really think about it, Hardball is extremely similar to Mighty Ducks. It really is. And no one died it's in Mighty Ducks. No drive-bys. More mature version, but like yeah. the court-ordered coaching. And he like tries to leave them halfway through and mm-hmm. comes back and does what's right. Hooking up with a motherly figure in the yes. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just got to have that in there too. Need it. Yeah. And champions at the end. All right, Nick Edmonds, this was fun. Hope you all enjoyed the Mighty Ducks Money Mitch Effect episode D1, D2, D3. D3, hopefully coming in the future. Quack, quack, quack. And that is that. That is the Money Mitch Effect Mighty Ducks D1 edition. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the journey that we took through Minnesota 25 years ago. Hard to believe. And if you like it, let us know. Subscribe. Listen on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Even leave a review if you want. Uh, Thanks again to everybody who's listened to every episode of the show. I am Mitch Michaels, and hopefully this is a series we got two more Mighty Ducks movies to discuss and maybe some other sports movies or uh, Disney sports movies down the road. We shall see. But I'm Mitch Michael. Thanks again to Nick Edmonds. Tim Adams on the beats. Brian Nelson on the logo. And that's it. I'll see you next time. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports, people. <laughs>